and thank you for joining Discipleship Conditioning, where we present anatomy through a biblical lens. As we always do, let's start with prayer requests. If you have prayers, prayer requests that you would like us to add to our family prayers, please send them to our email, prayer at erratphysiology.com. First and foremost, I'd like to wish my beautiful little girl, my daughter, a happy birthday. This podcast will naturally be a little shorter uh, because of her birthday and the time that uh, uh, we get to spend with one another. Taking her out for ice cream later, but don't don't tell her. It's a surprise. You know, it's funny. I uh, started emails for both of my daughters, and uh, they don't know about them. And they won't know about them until they're 18 years old. And I sent uh, Olivia, whose birthday is today, an email this morning wishing her a happy birthday. And uh, actually sent her an email today wishing her happy birthday. Sent her an email yesterday joking that I was taking her out for ice cream and not to spoil the surprise. So I hope she has a good time when she's 18 years old reading through the probably thousands of emails she's going to have. But excited to spend some time with her later today and excited to spend time with you as well. And uh, I'll be honest with you, yesterday, I was strongly considering skipping today. Yesterday was a rough day. Uh, I was kind of down in the pits yesterday. But uh, this morning just lit me on fire. Uh, Total Holy Spirit moment uh, during uh, Wednesday morning men's group. We'll talk a little bit about that later. And uh, it was just what I needed to sort of recharge my batteries and be able to get this episode out to you on my daughter's birthday. So thank you for joining us. A little bit long-winded intro there, but happy birthday, Olivia. Daddy loves you. So let's talk about the benefit, what I aim for you to receive in this specific episode. Uh, In this podcast, I want to talk about the depth of life. Um, I think you'd agree with me that we spend a lot of time superficially in our world in the year 2023. Now, I'm not going to spoil the meat and potatoes of the episode here. We're going to talk about this a little bit, but if you feel that when somebody goes by and waves hello and they say how you how are you doing and there's really no depth there then this episode is for you if you feel like you can't say man i'm having a terrible day and actually have that person stop in what they're doing and care about you and respond to that statement why did they even ask how are you doing in the first place and I think we a lot of us get caught in that trap. So if you feel like that's you or been done to you, this episode will be of value to you. Uh, we're approaching 600 downloads. I'm highly appreciative for that. Any ratings or reviews, which I think we have five now, at least through Apple Podcasts. We have some others on other platforms. I'm grateful for that as well. We also are recording video. If you haven't noticed, uh, those are on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, Also, if you want to see the video form of this and today might be a good time to go check out that video because I've got some old textbooks that I'm going to pull out and bore you to death with uh, about the topic of glycolysis here for a brief period of time. Well, when I talk about glycolysis, it's never brief, but I hope to bore you as little as possible. Talk about a great sales pitch for this podcast. Man, I am quite the salesman. Stick around for some boring glycolysis. 
Man, it'll be interesting to see the stats on who drops off after that. What are we at, about two minutes in? Anyways, all joking aside, uh, happy that you're here. Happy to chat with you about what we talk about on this podcast. And uh, let's remind everyone of our mission, which has evolved over the recent weeks with uh, my beautiful wife, Amanda's involvement in our community. We bring together Christians who strive to follow the light of God over the darkness of this world to renew our mindsets through shared experience and discipleship so we can enhance our performance, serve our households, and follow God's calling on our lives. On our website, we list a creed to step one, obey in prayer, two, commit to scripture, three, seek wise counsel, four, work the soil, five, plant the seed, six, have faith that God will provide, and seven, rest. Let me open up with a story here that is uh, truly a good example of the depth that I'm talking about. Yes, I'm going to use an academic experience, but it's a life lesson that I will never forget. So I'll take you to about the winter of 2015, January, February, and I'm set to graduate with my bachelor's in that spring. Uh, And for those of you saying you look far too old to have graduated with your bachelor's in the spring of 2015, I agree. I agree with you. I also went back to school when I was like 27 years old, so now things make sense and we're on the same page. In the spring of 2015, as I was set to conclude my bachelor's degree and enter a master's degree, I was also looking for GA positions or graduate assistant positions. At this time in my life and for the few years previous to this, I was set that I was going to be a strength and conditioning coach. And spoiler alert, um, that's basically what I am, a strength and conditioning coach. But I was also convinced that I was going to move across the country and find whatever graduate assistant position I could. One, this would help me pay for the master's uh, degree. And two, this would get me the experience I needed in a weight room as a strength and conditioning coach to then work up to being a head strength and conditioning coach at a Division I college football program. That was my goal. Spoiler alert, that didn't happen. I became independent and I became an entrepreneur. And so my strength and conditioning is through that. We'll talk about that on and off, but that's not the topic of today. The advice that I received as I was applying for GA positions was not really that great of advice in my opinion. My concern was that I would find a graduate assistant position, but that specific college wouldn't have a kinesiology department which is where my bachelor's was in, and I was seeking a master's in kinesiology. And the advice I received from a number of people was, why are you seeking a master's in kinesiology? You've already got a bachelor's in kinesiology. You're already an expert in kinesiology. Just do a master's in whatever communications or whatever they have there. Your real value is going to be in the graduate assistant position. And I'm not downplaying how valuable that experience as a graduate assistant would have been. Uh, But I am calling out the fact that that was awful advice. But I didn't realize it was awful advice until the fall of 2015. Actually, truly the summer of 2015, 2015. So I graduate in the spring of 2015. And I'd been accepted to remain at the same university, Boise State University, and continue on with my master's. But there was no graduate assistant position. The one that I found that would work, I didn't get. And so I made the decision to pay for my master's myself. 
And so being as motivated and driven an individual as I am, I figured out a way to actually start in the summer. So I took one graduate class in the summer. It's called directed research. And uh, I, I basically looked at what we call uh, cellular swelling in that phenomenon. And if you'd like to be bored for a half hour or more, you can contact me and we can talk about cellular swelling. Uh, it was a great experience to work one-on-one with a professor and learn the research side of things. But back on focus on the story here, first week of fall when the majority of classes started, surprisingly enough, in the same professor's class, different class, but same professor, uh, I realized within the first few days of week one how bad that advice was because they had given me potentially a prideful opportunity to say, yeah, I'm an expert in kinesiology. I don't need a master's. I'm already, I've already known it. I already know it all. I've got it. That first week taught me how much I didn't know. And I'm going to bring up the topic of glycolysis because I love the topic and it's the first example that comes to mind from that first week and realizing what I didn't know. So I'm going to take you through a couple textbook examples from what you might learn in sort of a basic anatomy and physiology, which is one of the courses that I teach now. An exercise physiology course, which is a two to 300 level course, which would mean a sophomore to junior. And then a graduate course, the same book from the course that I'm referencing where my mind was just turned to mush. So this book here is probably the thickest of the three but this is because it's the subject of anatomy and physiology. It talks about all systems. Well, in this, there's a figure that talks about glycolysis. And to give this book credit, it's actually fairly robust. But what do you need to know for an anatomy and physiology class for glycolysis? Well, first, you got to break apart the word. Glycolysis, glycolysis. Break it apart. Glucose lysis means to break down. So the breakdown of glucose is what glycolysis means. Some people do pronounce it glycolysis, uh, but I believe the correct pronunciation is glycolysis. What do you need to know? Well, you start with one molecule of glucose and you finish with two molecules of pyruvate. There you go. Sorry, Duke. I woke Duke when I closed the book. We'll set that there for now. Okay. So not much, right? Any of, any of us can handle that, right? Start with glucose, you get to pyruvate. Most of us don't know what pyruvate is or really care what pyruvate is, but this is how anaerobically your muscles function and you perform activity. Generally activity that's 60 seconds or less, maybe 90 seconds or less in the high trained athlete. Let's move on to our sophomore junior year of college. That would have been like a freshman anatomy and physiology course. Well, now we're going to go to the level of How much adenosine triphosphate do we get from glycolysis? Man, I can tell already just in recording this, I'm enjoying myself far more than you are. I I hope you haven't changed the channel or skipped forward about uh, 30 seconds at a time, three or four minutes. Um, And that wasn't a uh, tip either. So now that you know you can skip forward 30 seconds at a time, that's not a suggestion that you do so. So ATP. I'll save you some of the details, but there's four ATP molecules that are yielded from this glycolysis. And it requires that we use two molecules of adenosine triphosphate. Technically, that term molecule is incorrect. It'd be a compound, 
more on that a different time. And so your net is two. It's like if you spend $4 or you spend $2 to get $4, your net gain is $2, right? So in exercise physiology, sophomore, junior year, you start learning about, remember that glycolysis that we talked about? Let's talk about the adenosine triphosphate that you yield. Good news, Duke's already back asleep, and I did not wake him with that book closure. Uh, but this one's a hefty 900-pager, so we're probably going to wake him when we close this one. This was week one, first semester of grad school, uh, exercise physiology, but at the graduate level. I believe the course was called Physiology of Activity, but same difference. Here, we're going to go into quite a bit more depth. We're actually going to name every molecule within glycolysis, and we were tested on this to know this. Even though some of the other textbooks provided this information, we weren't tested on knowing each step. So you go from glucose, shocking, to glucose 6-phosphate, probably first time in your life you've heard of that, as well as fructose 6-phosphate, which turns to fructose 1,6-diphosphate. You then break from a 6-carbon molecule to a 3-carbon molecule. And from that, you have two routes. And the first step from fructose 1,6-diphosphate is 2,3-phosphoglycoraldehyde. It's been a while since I've said that. And then you also go one step further to 1,3-diphosphoglycerate, uh, then to two molecules of 3 phosphol glyceric acid, then two molecules of 2-phosphoglyceric acid. Don't hit that fast forward button. I'm almost done. Okay. Just be patient. Uh, and then 2-phospho-pyruvate. Uh, okay. And eventually we get to pyruvate. And if you've studied any exercise science, you know, basically the cousin of pyruvate is lactate. You've probably heard the myth that lactic acid builds up in your muscles and you need to foam roll. It's a myth. It's not true. If a personal trainer tells you that, do me a favor and smack them and then fire them because if anybody has any sort of formal training in exercise science, they know that's a myth. But nevertheless, pyruvate can convert to lactate, lactic acid. And you've probably heard of those terms before. And I figured since I bored you with about 10 different steps of all these molecules you've likely never heard of, that I'd announce something easy like lactate or lactic acid. You can tell I geek out about this and I love this stuff. It's a lot of fun. Granted, it's been a while since I've uh, read to that detail, but that's my example. First week of grad school, that's the level of detail that we had to dive in. So was that person accurate when they said you're already an expert in kinesiology? No, they were far from, and they probably had never gone to this level in terms of defining one system called glycolysis. There's many other systems. It's not just glycolysis. But to state it another way, hold on, Duke. Oh, he actually slept through that one. That was good. To state it another way, in like anatomy and physiology, you're going to spend 10 minutes on glycolysis within one lecture, where here we spend about two to three weeks on glycolysis. So I absolutely loved grad school, and I love the depth of conversation. And what I'm hoping to get across here is how we all can value that depth of life, that depth of conversation. So many things in our lives are scrolling, tweeting, clicking, instant video. Excuse me, everything is streamed these days. 
And without getting too high on a soapbox here, um, there's not a ton of depth. I mean, most of us feel like we don't even have enough time to read, let alone read a textbook like this. I mean, we'll listen to an audiobook, and this isn't to discredit audiobooks. I use them too. But that's just kind of our wiring and our nature in our society is, is what can we do that's easy? I'll foreshadow a little bit. One thing that comes up when I talk about this is that this morning when I was in men's group, uh, I mentioned to my dear friend John that him and I are a lot alike because we like doing things the hard way, but not because it's hard, because it's the right thing to do. You know, I think to the message that Jesus gave his disciples, that you may pick up your cross daily, that you must love me so much that you hate your family, uh, that you must be willing to die in the flesh for me uh, to be my disciple. And if we think about it from a modern sales pitch perspective, which I'll touch on a little bit later also, Um, that's like the worst sales pitch ever. Follow me, you'll probably die. Like only the hardcore were willing to sign up for that. Only the true believers and investors in Christ were willing to do that. And nowadays you see that everywhere. If things are even the slightest bit difficult, people figure out the easy way to do things. So in my business, when I'm recording this podcast and when I'm creating a community and I'm getting frustrated that we don't have as many members as I would like or the revenue's not where I would like it, it's because I'm not very appealing to the mass majority of people. I'm going to make you work hard. If I put my class material online for you to take the course, you'll probably fail it the first time. And that's not arrogance, I promise you. It's because... I enjoy this depth in going down in the weeds and the minutia on things. And I want to genuinely learn. And the students that I teach, who I should probably apologize to, sorry for bad luck of the draw that you got me as an instructor, but I want them to learn in that depth in those weeds as well. And stop this superficial learning and have some depth with things. So speaking this out loud and thinking about it over the last few days and actually becoming kind of emotional about it, I realize I'm not appealing and that's okay. I'm not appealing to the mass majority, but why am I trying to be appealing to the mass majority? And I think that's probably my biggest problem in business so far. Not being appealing to the people that God gave me gifts to be appealing to. The hard-nosed workers You know, I resonate with athletes in a big way, which is why I went into strength and conditioning. I want somebody that works with me. When I tell them to put their head through that wall, they do it. They don't ask questions. They just do it, right? And that may seem extreme, and I'm asking them in a a tremendous amount of trust, but I'm asking people to work hard for the right things, and that doesn't mix well in a blender, if you throw in everything else associated with 2023 in that blender. And I'm finally having some peace about that, that that's okay. You know, I may have bored you with glycolysis or my message may be a little stern today and so you've shut things off. That's okay. I'd rather be true and hard-nosed with that truth to one listener than thousands. You know, we say cliche a lot of times, if my message just impacts one person, it'll be worth it. But how many of us truly mean that? 
So I'm trying to unwire myself to the ways of this world and not conform and be better apt to truly mean that statement. If this podcast impacts one person, it's worth it. That's success. That's how I'm going to work on defining success. The emails on loved your message today, this is how I'm going to apply it in my life, mean more than the dollar amount. If I can start getting that back, everything else will fall into place. So as we continue to shift gears in this podcast and you witness my growth as an entrepreneur, that's largely going to be the focus going forward. Harnessing the gifts that God has given me to best serve you, the listener, even if that's one person. The Bible is the part of the show that matters. It's always the part of the show that matters most. Although I announce a benefit for each show, if there's one thing that I could ask you to do from this show, it would be to open up your Bible. That's the most important thing. And today we're going to read Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. Excuse me once again. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So many things that we can unpack there. What stands out to me first is rooted and grounded in love. I'm, I'm in the process of reading this book, Let Go and Let God. And it's got some chapters that are really powerful. It's got a chapter right in the middle of it that I strongly disagree with. Perhaps I'll do a review video on that. But nevertheless, the thing that I value most in the book is the chapter related to seeing God's handiwork in others. I'm, I'm, I'm a wicked, sinful, judgmental uh, white male. Uh, no doubt about it. There's, there's a, not a lot that's good about me. Uh, I'm a wretched individual who deserves hell. And the reason why I don't believe I will receive hell is because I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But again, faith isn't as simple as that. And I'm not going to go to the level to say that if I do these works and build this good rap sheet that I'm going to get into heaven that way. I don't believe that uh, your works is what leads to your faith. Your works is what leads to your salvation. But I do believe that if you are a born-again individual, you are rewired, you are reborn again, you naturally want to do good works as part of that new person, that born-again person. And I'm failing in some regards. One major regard is my judgment of others. And so I really appreciate this chapter in pointing out God's handiwork in all individuals. 
So in being rooted and grounded in love, am I truly seeing God's handiwork in all individuals, regardless of who that person is? Christians are called to love, not to judge. Now, we have to be discerning, no doubt about that. But how much more impactful would it be if a Christian is loving to a Mormon, if a Christian is loving to a Catholic, if a Christian is loving to an atheist? You know, for one one thing, regardless of whether a person's affiliated in your church or not, you're still called to love them. Love them as as a brother and a sister. Uh, that's the second greatest commandment, right? Love your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor may have purple hair and may see com- the world completely different than you do, but you're still called to love them. And this is a message for me, for myself, preaching to myself that I need to do a better job of loving individuals that I've previously judged. I need to be able to see God's handiwork in all individuals. I need to be better apt to not be divisive. You see different denominations within Christianity ripping themselves apart because they agree on 99% of the Bible, but the 1% they don't agree with, they're dividing over and they're not loving each other. If maybe church is intimidating to you or you don't feel called to go to church and you don't currently have a church family, I would certainly recommend that you do. But again, we live in a society that is technologically advanced and you can stream just about anything. You might consider Googling Francis Chan. He has a number of phenomenal sermons. And in many of his sermons and his books, he often mentions how he has friends that are very near and dear to him that are Catholics, that are Mormons. And he does an incredible job, at least it seems that way from the outside going in. I realize that's a judgment as well, but uh, he seems like someone that does not let the denomination get in the way, that he tries to lead as best he can with love. Now, we're all wretched individuals who deserve hell, and so we're going to fail in this. But I want to use this as a reminder to myself probably most importantly, because it's something I struggle with. But if you can relate and you struggle with it as well, it's something I want to remind you to not judge and lead with love. You know, it's funny, I referenced sort of um, this these atheist communities, and there's obviously many of them, but many of those communities, their stamp on what they believe in is oddly enough love, which is what the Christians should be good at. So if nothing else, we have that as a common ground. I'll save the rest of that for another podcast on uh, on on how to create additional common ground or where to draw the line and those sorts of things. And I'll probably hold that conversation off for quite a while as I continue to grow as a Christian myself and feel like I have a confident answer in what I believe in that. The next part is strength to comprehend. Um, this is this is prayer, this is Bible time, and this is wise counsel that provides me the strength to comprehend. I can't tell you how many times I've looked up Ephesians 4.11, did it again this morning, and each time it brings on a new meaning for the conversation that I'm having, uh, either through prayer with God, uh, through with myself in Bible study, or with wise counsel. And so that strength to comprehend for me is an ever-evolving journey that I'm on. This morning, 
it was in, incredibly impactful. I got emotional this morning. I truly felt the Holy Spirit's presence upon our meeting. There were three of us, and I'm so grateful for those men. They confirmed that they felt it as well. But I'll tell you, I've been praying on direction in my life for months and months and being so saddened and frustrated that I didn't have an answer. Well, that answer came through today, and you're hearing a lot of that answer on this podcast. I may seem a little uh, worked up or on fire today, and that's intentional because I feel like I finally have some clarity on how to progress. And that is with depth, to have depth of everything that I do, whether it's academics and glycolysis like I talked about, enjoying that, Um, not trying to go through a Bible plan in a year because you can't possibly, at least I can't possibly achieve the depth that I need by going through it that quickly. I believe that's 3.4 chapters per day. Yeah, right. Maybe 3.4 verses for me uh, to achieve the depth that I feel necessary moving forward. And so a big takeaway for me today and moving forward is to slow down. Slow down and have depth in all that I do. Depth in relationship, uh, depth in love and compassion that I have for my neighbor, depth in reading books, you name it. And if you pass by me and I ask you, and this isn't true just today going forward, I, I promise you is true for many of the last years of my life. If you walk past me and I say, hey, how are you doing? I am fully prepared to stop and talk with you. If you're not having a good day, and I genuinely care how you're doing, and I want to encourage you to be that way also with your neighbor. And the last section of this verse, to me, is where it all kind of comes back together, is the breadth and length and height and depth. There's so many applications, and here, as I read commentary in this section of Scripture, I realized that what this is is sort of a measuring stick for God's love, that there is no bounds by breadth, by length, by height, by depth. Uh, But there's certainly application in our lives on how we seek others, how we seek God, and how we live our lives. A lot of it is sort of by this superficial breadth. We try to be good at a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, when we were really designed to be good at a few select things that we've been provided gifts for. So again, another application on how I'm taking today and the profound nature of today's experience to guide my life going forward to be good at what I've been provided gifts for. I'd rather be someone who invests and excels in the gifts that I've been giving than someone that is a jack of all trades. I've talked about that before. So again, if you pass me and I ask how you're doing, I truly want to know how you're doing. And if you're doing well, great. Let's talk about what's going on and and what's motivating to you and, and more depth in regards to that. And if you're not doing well, same thing. Let's talk about, let's have some depth there as well. If you send in a prayer request, I hope to have some depth of conversation with you. I hope to encourage you in sort of unplugging from what is typical today in 2023 and being atypical and having some depth in your experience. And so for a take-home message, it would really be as simple as that. I could sum it all up in the title of this episode, Depth. 
how can you apply depth to your life? I've described fairly briefly how I have, will continue to provide depth in my life, how today's been transformative for me. And I feel like today was an answered prayer. It is an answered prayer and how that can be related in your life as well. So how can depth be something you implement in your life moving forward? It's not easy. Notice myself driving home and thinking about 10 steps later and not enjoying the moment. It's something that I'm going to have to remind myself time in and time again, but it is worth the investment of that time to sort of unscramble my brain to this squirrel syndrome and this flashy light syndrome to best provide depth for me and my family, for those I work with, for those I disciple with, for the stranger down the road, for my neighbor next door, all of those things. And as we always do, let's please conclude with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.